You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to the My Top 5 podcast where it's our duty to disagree with personal preference. I am your host, Fleur Shomo. I'm your co-host, Luke Shomo. How we doing, Fleur? How we doing? I'm doing all right. Have you had a good week? I've got the funniest okay. story to tell. Well, tell, tell, do okay. tell. It's very strange, but so I have been emailing people about being guests on the podcast. Right. And there is a comedian, I guess he's a presenter actually, in the UK called Joel Domit. Okay. And I emailed him. <laughs> Our guest has given us thumbs up. I emailed him uh, just to, to see if he wanted to be on, and I got a reply from someone called Rick. Okay. And it and I was like, uh, he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check with him. Sounds good. I'll get back to you. Whatever. Didn't think of anything of it. And then later on, I was like, I I'm not going to say his last name, but I was like, I knew a Rick like when yeah. I went to uni in Southampton. So that's weird. And I emailed back and was like, just strangely, is this Rick from Southampton <laughs> that I used to go to parties with? And he was like, oh, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> obviously had, I have a different last name. to be the guy that you knew? Wow. Yeah, I knew him from like university all those years ago in Southampton, a city I'm not from, a city he's not from. And so I haven't spoken wild. to him in years. I think he's on my Facebook probably, but I have no idea. And so I literally was just like, I recognize this name that can't be the same person because it, it was it's like a quite a normal name. And it ended up being him. So hopefully Joel Domit, that'll get us Joel Domit on the podcast. I was going to say, and then you bring him on and you guys have a little reunion. It's the whole thing. There we go. Hey, Rick, come episode. and be on our podcast. All right. It was just such a odd thing to happen. I was like, what yeah. are the odds of that? Because he didn't, I mean, my last name's different now. So he Did you didn't know he was working think, in that industry? No, absolutely no idea. Wow, and I just emailed funny. the email that was on Joel Domit's like, Instagram and it obviously forwards to him. And he was like, yeah, I'm a manager of like comedy people now. And I was like, oh my God, this is so random. So there wow, we go. So that's funny. what happened. Well, now we I just wanted plug. to tell that quick story. We got a straight plug to the comedy world now. We're good. Yeah, so if We're Joel in. doesn't come on now, then rude. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, you can be really mean to this old friend of yours. Well, anyway, let's forget about fucking Joel Domit. Let's talk about our guest today. That's what I want to do. I like that better. Let's introduce him. He is Sean Smith. Hello, Sean. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely, definitely get Joel Domit on. He's very, very funny. <laughs> He is He's very hilarious. funny. <laughs> I'll have to look him up. I don't know. I don't know him. I should. I should know. He's him. very, very British. So I don't yeah. know if a lot of our listeners will know who he is. But yeah, it was, right. it was just such a random thing to happen. I was like, "What is going on?" Um, Sean, you uh, are you in Wales currently? I know you're definitely from Wales. Do you still live there? Yes, yes, yes. Trapped here. Um, stuck uh, in Wales at the moment. Um, in lockdown. <laughs> completely locked down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've uh, last March. Uh, you, you listeners can't see this, obviously, but last March I decided, uh, for however lockdown we're going to be, I'm going to be growing a mullet. Oh my so gosh, it's, it's happening. This is literally the longest <laughs> my has ever been in a back, so... Oh really? You didn't out. have... I, yeah. <laughs> nope. I need, to, I need people to start listening and for us to get out of lockdown again. <laughs> <laughs> you're, to be fair, you're covering it with a hood for most of the time, so you can't even well, tell. Yeah. You, secret mullet going on. I think it's a good look. I think you should keep Thank it. Yeah, it looks great. Thank you very much. I think. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. Now we'll see what happens. If if we're ever allowed out again, maybe I'll maybe I'll 
grace a stage with it. Who knows? Knock on wood. We ever get um, one out. So obviously you're from Mitha Tidwell, uh in Mitha Wales. Yeah. Do you still live there? Do you live in uh, in a main yeah, in a still, bigger city yeah. or still in Mirtha, no, trapped. Um keep getting pulled back like some sort of crazy gravitational pull. Um Yeah, no, I've just never like because basically before I used to be in a band called the Blackout. Well, um, you're just skipping su- past everything that I was going to oh, say. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm, just well, kidding. No, I was, I'm just kidding. Sorry. So tell us Let about that. Talk. You're in a band called The Blackout. <laughs> yeah. So in yeah. So from 2003 till 2015, I was in a band called The Blackout that did surprisingly well for six uh, South Wales-based idiots um, making <laughs> rock music. So um, yeah, I was uh, I was in that for 13 years, and um, and then we split up, and then. Um, two years ago, I started a podcast called Sappening, which is um, Welsh local chat for what's happening. Um, and I started a new band called Raiders um, to get my fury out at um, everything that's going on in politics and the world today. Respect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I completely agree with all of that. Um, so you grew up, obviously, in Wales. You're part of that that Welsh scene there was a huge explosion when uh, obviously yeah. the blackout was around you had like Funeral for a Friend Lost Prophet um, who am I forgetting Kids in Glass Houses yeah um, Bullet for my Valentine are they from Wales yeah yeah they are yeah I Despite did not the, um, know that I don't think I knew yeah. that no yeah, I incredible luck they are actually Welsh yeah they um, look like so. they're straight out of like Black Veil Brides territory so that's that's wild um, you said that not it? me you said that yeah, yeah. not me <laughs> it's fine what um, what was it like being part of that scene because Wales I mean you're, you're a tiny country to have such a huge impact on the music scene I feel like of, Wales of is one of the places that Americans know very very little about Wales like, yeah, yeah. Well, this, yeah yeah well basically every American I meet and they say, where are you from? I'll say Wales. And they'll say, oh, is that in England? Yeah. And then and then I have to reply with, um, what part of Mexico are you from? And then they <laughs> go, but I'm American. And I'm like, cool, because I'm Welsh. And that's yeah. a different country as well. Um, that's yeah, because it's like a tiny country of a couple of million. Like my hometown is like 50,000 people. And um, yeah, that Welsh scene was absolutely incredible. It, um, it exploded because... Um, Basically, before um, before that scene, there was just like indie music and um, like Manic Street Preachers, Manic guess, Street Preachers, yeah. Stereophonics. Stereophonics, yeah, and then um, and then yeah, an explosion of a Welsh music scene, and it was absolutely incredible to just to see it. Like I remember, just I went to like Funeral for Friends' first ever five gigs, um, yeah. just like going because I knew I, I was just. I was just like, these are going to be massive. This is going to be yeah. unbelievable. And they went on to be massive. And yeah, and yeah, it's the same with all the other bands. Kids in Glass Houses, uh, my band The Blackout took them on their first tour. Um, and they went on to be absolutely huge. Um, yeah, there was yeah, so many really good big bands. Bullock and Valentine still going, still big, yeah. still huge. Awesome. So, I yeah. guess at one point, because Wales, like you said, is so small... At one point, when you all these bands were so big, you would 100% probably see a famous person going down the shops. <laughs> well, <laughs> You'd see someone point, from a band. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, funny thing was, before before my band took off, I used to go to the other towns to like be going, oh, I wonder if I'll see one of Lost Prophets or whatever. I wonder if I'll see one of Funeral for a Friend or whatever. And then I ended up like befriending them and, you know, 
um, being accepted into that scene somehow and accepted by those people I saw as rock stars. And then, um, yeah, we ended. there was one time where we were all rehearsing in the same place. So it was like The Blackout, Funeral for a Friend, Lost Profits, Bullet for My Valentine and Kids in Glass Houses. And we were like, if somebody bombs this now, this is the whole of the top of the British music scene gone. This would be awful. Don't kill us, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Obviously, somewhere, somewhere would bomb <laughs> a random like studio in Wales. <laughs> you never know, do you? You never you know. Never know. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Um, you you dabbled a bit by saying you started Sappin' and Pod. Um, yes, that's been going a couple of years. Are you loving every yeah. second of it still? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, we're a hundred and fifteen episodes in now. Wow, that's, that's a hundred and fifteen weeks in a row. We haven't. We haven't stopped. There's no season. We made the stupid idea of not realizing you could do seasons and stuff. We, we don't do seasons keep... either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh well, ha, ha, that's on you. Um, you're stuck as well. Um, well, we do yes. every other week though, so our oh, schedule isn't as relentless uh, as. Maybe yours. you just end season one with a hundred and however many episodes, and that was one <laughs> yeah, season. That... And there you go. But the thing is, we've got so many in the bag that we can't now like just go. Oh, we'll just keep these on hold yeah. for months. Yeah, um, same. But yeah, so yeah, 115 weeks in a row we've been doing it now. Blimey. Um, when it started, I just thought I wanted an outlet for some stories because, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm just an idiot from South Wales who got <laughs> to live his dream and has been allowed near people I shouldn't have been allowed near, <laughs> um, including some of these people who are on my list, which is nuts. So um, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. And um, yeah, I've had to start a new band now just because I miss it so much. I literally yeah, I miss bet. being on stage and running about and beating myself up on stage and throwing myself. Well, you probably can't throw yourself into crowds anymore, can you? Well, maybe in a year. <laughs> perhaps I'll have to get one of them Zorb balls. Yeah, just gonna, roll like, along them. Play in a bubble. <laughs> That'd be unbelievable. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. If it means we could do gigs or anything, if I could see anybody, my friends again, I'd yeah. wear a bubble. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's get me a giant a bubble time. now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, did you you said you started Raiders because of the political situation and because you just missed it. I mean, it was only a yeah. couple of years after the blackout finished. So we, what were you initially like after the blackout? Were you like, I don't want to get on stage again? Or were you just like, oh, I, was I just devastated. need a break? Um, no, I was, I was devastated. I was, the, um, I was the only one in my band who didn't want it to end, pretty much. Um, oh, so really? that probably means, yeah, probably means I'm a massive dick and I'm really hard <laughs> to be around. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, on the flip side of that, yeah, it was kind of, we kind of saw the band, like, slowing down and kind of coming to an end, I guess, and then the boys, um, they had those things called children. Oh, oh terrible. Why would you? About? Yeah, what, what a waste about? of money. What yeah, a waste totally. of money and time. Um, so, yeah, the boys, the boys super selfishly decided to start families. Livid. Um, and, and then, yeah, and then go away and leave me on my own. So, um, <laughs> yeah, for for about three years after that, I didn't... I didn't really do much. Um, I kind of fell out of love with it, to be honest. Um, yeah, I just because as much as like people might listen back to the blackout now, and you know whether you like it or not, I think we were a really, really good live band. We were um, performances were always good, and I also kind of pride myself on. Well, I think I'm funny, right? Like I really think I'm like a comedian trapped in a front man's <laughs> body, right? So on stage, it's when the songs are going, it's all emotion for the songs. Any, literally anything could happen, right? Like I'd never plan anything. Yeah, I did some really stupid, mad 
stuff that would definitely be frowned upon going forward with gigs and um <laughs> and yeah and then in between songs i try and be funny and and yeah i just love this so i yeah <laughs> and, hey. I just <laughs> um and uh yeah it's just i love that i absolutely love that and then so i thought we were really like a really good live band and then for ages and this leads to my top five i suppose there was nobody in bands who for a couple of years i was bothered about seeing because nobody excited me really as a front yeah. man like i genuinely <laughs> what an ego i genuinely <laughs> believed there's not not that many more entertaining front people as myself don't get me wrong i can't sing to save my life as a singer that's awful but entertaining god you bring alive. The personality Come on, yeah watch me flip about and smash my head on things it's a right laugh <laughs> that's awesome. oh my gosh okay so this is the my top five podcast um so what subject have you picked for us to talk about and why um i believe i chose my top five um best uh front people between the 90s and the 2000s well, i've gone to probably 2010 i think oh i didn't go that high oh sorry why why Ooh. did no you're fine why did you pick this subject um i was stuck for so you asked me would i do this and i was like <laughs> yeah yeah i was super eager and then you said what can we do and i was like what am i I can't do top five dickheads. What about top five front people? I could absolutely so, do top five dickheads. <laughs> yeah. And I top could. five let's, dickheads would be good content for sure. Hey, let's do... Um, do you have a Patreon? You should definitely get a Patreon if you haven't got a They're unbelievable. We yeah. created such a good community for our podcast. Um, yeah. Let's do another one after this of top five <laughs> top dickheads. Five dickheads. <laughs> and you can do with it what you want. Um, okay, but, well, yeah, we'll, start, I, <laughs> we'll start at five, work our way down to one. Um, do you want me to go first today, Luke? Or? Yeah, you go first. If, uh, if you hear anyone repeat, if you've got someone on your list that's higher up, when, if we say it like at five and you've got it at one, just oh. say, I've got it higher up and we'll talk it when it's higher up, okay? Okay, you haven't just got my number case, one, I don't think. No, I don't I'm think just saying just in one. case we've got some overlap, which I don't think yeah. we will, but you never know. You never you know. You sent me examples and I didn't even look at your examples because I didn't want to uh, look into what you might Ooh. say. So nice. I nice. have no idea what you're going to say. Number five, I'm just going straight for, of course, is uh, Hayley Williams for me. Oh, higher on my list. Hi on my list. list. Okay, we'll talk about yeah. Haley when we get to your guys's, but I just want to say there's there's not really any female in our genre that does it any better. I say our genre, our genre. <laughs> I'm a musician. <laughs> not music, any females in the, that type of genre that do it just as well as she does. So um, I had to put her in there. She's she's just the ultimate front woman. I think she's brilliant. So we'll yeah. talk about her when we get to you guys's. Um, Luke, what's your number five? Uh, my number five, I was trying to think like if I could vary up the genres at all, but I went yeah. with I went with Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, oh, as my number fine. five. Boo. boo! That's what I say to that. Boo! That's Why? what I say to that. Boo! Ooh. Why? Do you have Do you have Mike Patton uh, higher up in your list? Nope. No. And you've got <laughs> Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> What's the problem? I, I want to hear your this problem. Why do we hate this Anthony Kiedis? Yeah, what's the hate um, for? It's just... I don't know. It's just, eh. um, Here's the problem is when you were... When we did this list is I was more focused just on like what I enjoy uh, listening to them. Less on their okay. personalities. So maybe that's my oh, problem. So, oh, yeah. Mine's mine's just all around 
Is I Anthony Kiedis a shit personality? I, I don't know much about him, to be honest. I, What's, I would love him. to know why you don't like him. That's fantastic. I just... Oh, I are just we talking know, yeah. early 90s Chili Peppers, though? Because... Like, I'm thinking in, like, early 2000s, late 90s oh. Chili Peppers. Yeah, okay. any Chili Peppers, uh, I'm saying boo to. Um, yeah. Faith No More. Yeah, yeah, I just... I don't know. I just love Faith No More. Faith No More were my kind of big 90s band, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then... Chili Peppers kind of came along and we're doing something similar and uh, I just okay. Mike Mike Patton I see Mike Patton over Anthony Kiedis because Mike Patton could do any does all genres does Italian gotcha. music does oh. insane stuff Jazzy. with Dillinger and Escape Plan d- ah, you know amazing. does Faith No More does um, yeah just he's, he's unbelievable and then you've got Anthony Kiedis who to me all his vocals sound like he's talking about flip flops flip flop a flip a da da flip flop Okay. See, I think that's why I like him. He's forever topless. Oh yeah, he's yeah, get- never got a shirt on. I think I more just enjoyed the band because they're just so ridiculous and dumb. And I, it was okay. honestly like a time capsule of that era of music for me. It yeah, was just such I remember. A- like I, I remember being young and loving uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah. Um, but I, after that, I didn't. I didn't really listen to them. Um, like but, by the way, I think it was like 2002. I really liked that album. Yeah, um, I didn't love that album. So Californication was like late 90s, I think. Yeah, but that yeah, was the last I, album I listened to. I think I like it better. Here's what I think we should do: we should change this up. Sean just does yes. five for each of us. He does the list for each of us. That's because I like hearing <laughs> so that him means he talk can have about all his 15. Yeah, I like that better than me talking about a list. <laughs> oh no, no! Please don't let me say "boo" pull you off. It's literally no. I want you to boo every. I want you to oh boo every single person on my. It's better content if you boo my list and tell me oh, why okay. they suck than it is what for me to talk about why they're awesome. With. No, I can't wait till this comes out. Disagree. Disagree. I can't wait till this comes out and then I find out Anthony Kiedis wants me dead. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh when he, he's like a big fan of you, and it's the opposite, and you just shout <laughs> yeah, all over imagine him. that. Imagine and he's like, broken. "Oh my god, the episode with Sean's coming out. I've got to listen." And then he's like, "Oh, <laughs> I can't wait yeah. to, to talk about this guy. I love him. He's got to have the best things to say." Ruin his his Monday in a couple of, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, like okay, what's your number scenario. five, Sean? Tell us what your number five is, so we can be there. Oh well, yeah. When I was writing this down just now, um, it was very very difficult. And I've got five, and I've got, like, three people coming off it. But I think I'm going to have to go for Chester Bennington from the Linkin Parks. He's four for me. And I'm not going to boo it either. I'm not going to boo your selection. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Here we go. Here we go, You can't boo Chester. I mean, that would be just No, no way. Linkin Park groundbreaking. So talk Uh, a bit about Linkin Park and what Chester did for you. uh, I just absolutely loved... Linkin Park from the moment they came out one step closer um, was such a massive massive song and uh, I was lucky enough that my band The Blackout got to tour with them we got really? to do Amazing. five we, yeah, we got to do wow. five dates with them and they That's were awesome. incredible we played their first ever show in Greece right Greece so if you yeah if you send in my band to Greece right to do our first show I'd imagine you know, two, three hundred capacity club, right? Yeah. Linkin Park did a field of eighteen thousand people that sold Holy out like three shit. months in advance. I was like, "This is my first gig in Greece." Wow. The backdrop of the venue, like the back wall, was was a mountain, was like a, wow. a cliff, and then we were playing out in a field, and it was the most 
uh, I worried about that show because when before we went on, there was just Linkin Park chants. Linkin yeah. Park, Linkin Park. So we went on all the way through our first song, Linkin Park chants. <laughs> so as soon as that song stopped, <laughs> I went, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Silence, right? And then I went, Linkin Park. Linkin. <laughs> the place went nuts, right? So then I went, right, everybody, if you just give us four more songs, we'll just get out there, then Linkin Park and come on, right? So for the next song, and someone threw, a couple of people was like throwing bottles or whatever. So I was like, right, that finished, I was like, that song finished, I was like, right then. Guys, listen, if you want to hit us with things, you've got more chance if you all throw them the same time. So... For, for this next song and this next song only bring it on and literally for that song I spent it do- dip dodge diving and ducking bottles I dived at one point to save my drummer from taking one in the face I was like the world's best goalkeeper yeah because he can't he can't dodge he's playing drums oh, yeah it's he was like definitely when uh, 50 Cent played Reddin and then yeah, they were like well. okay then if you want to throw it, everyone throw it right now and then everyone just yep. like everyone was throwing so many bottles and then they were like okay just just all throw them at once and then they just dropped the mics and walked off That's and then yeah. also and when that- Brendan Yuri got knocked out by a bottle of piss at Redden Festival yeah he, um, those were the wow. days <laughs> and then yeah and then after the show then oh and then also during that show here's another event I turned to my right and I spat and then all of a sudden in slow motion I could see my spit going through the air going towards Chester Bennington's wife who was standing inside no. stage and I was like no what the fuck and he just landed in front of her she looked down at it looked back at me and just smiled and I was like oh thank thank <laughs> Jesus thank Allah thank any anybody that exists because this is and this was the first day so I was like we're going to get thrown off and then we went backstage and they were the loveliest they were so so nice and Chester like made um made his way over to us and like you know he didn't have to he could have just because they when they're on tour they're so massive they've got their own world so they yeah. literally had their own fenced off compound um and then yeah so they just back and forth they didn't have to see the supports they don't have to come out yeah. they don't have to say hello whatever it's just we couldn't get over we were there playing to their crowd and they were so so nice and awesome. yeah they've just wrote some of the greatest songs and Live, what a what a voice! Amazing, what a unbelievable, yeah. un- unbelievable front man. Like, and we look back at it now, and like, how do we how do we not know? How do we not know what kind of what was what was? Yeah, to come? from like, lyrics. Uh, he was literally yeah. he was literally given us signs from the beginning, one step closer to the edge. Yeah, yeah. literally it was the first song, and it's it's absolutely devastating. It's absolutely devastating, and he was such a such a good man. Um, and yeah, I met him again on Soundwave 2013, I think, and he was absolutely, he was absolutely lovely. So, um, yeah, yeah, great just, pick, great pick. Yeah, he's my number five. I was lucky five. enough to meet um, Shinoda a couple of years ago at Reading. Actually, he was nice. awesome. That was yeah. like a, a oh my god moment because, yeah, Shinoda is also legendary. Um, yes. Yeah, great pick. Love, Thank um, you very much. Yeah. love Lincoln Park. My number four is. Um, Bert McCracken. Oh, blood pick. <laughs> Reevaluating the list. <laughs> Mostly because they're self-titled when it came out. Just it's still, I think, one of the best albums ever of all time. Um, 
one I still listen to front to back um, a lot. I just think it is perfection and and it just came at a time where it was a little bit new a bit a bit fresh like it, it kind of like was tipping me over into the edge of like music was screaming in it so it really hit me like I, I was leaving behind you know scar punk and all of that and then I was really super getting into the heavier stuff and I just remember listening to it and being like this is so good like I, I, I just can't fault that album. And Bert is wild and nuts, and all of the above. <laughs> um, yeah. And he just goes for it on stage. He is. He's. He's also not afraid I've, to hit his head on a bunch of things. But um, yeah, I can't. I can't believe I've forgotten him. That's insane. Like the blackout wow. before the blackout ever did anything of notice or value to anybody. We covered a box of sharp objects, a box Amazing. full of sharp objects, and then. Years later, we got off. This story's going to come up a lot. This is literally me going, oh, I want to perform with my favourite bands. Can I perform with my favourite bands, please? Um, yeah, I'm really friendly with Emma, who's uh, the used and um, Caleb's promo uh, yeah, person yeah. in the UK. Shout out to Emma Van Dyke. Oh, the best. And um, yeah, so I, I mentioned to her that we'd done it and we were supporting them in Nottingham Rock City. And um, yeah, she was there. And I was like, oh, yeah, we covered box of sharp objects, like looking around, like, oh, come on, pick me, pick me. <laughs> And she was like, oh, okay, cool. And she wandered off and she was like, okay, the you said you can go up and do it with them? And I was like, what? what? <laughs> <Scooby> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I ended up going up on stage and doing box of sharp objects with them for this one show that we were doing. And then a couple of years later, we did, was it Give It a Name? Not Give It a Name Festival. Taste of Chaos Festival. We did a tour Taste with them chaos. in the UK, which was Rise Against the Used... Gallows, no, Aiden, Gallows, the Blackout, I think. And yeah, I ended up doing Boxer Sharp Objects again with them on that tour. And nice. Yeah, you, what a front man. I can't believe I've, I can't believe I've left him off this list. Well, when I he listens to the podcast, he'll be offended as, again. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You're offending all these, um, all these uh, rock musicians that listen to our podcast. I'll never forgive I you. I know. He's, be, he's been on my podcast as well. So how did I, how did wow. I forget? <laughs> Wow. Because you've had 150 wow. episodes. <laughs> Thank you very much for covering my back because <laughs> I needed that. Um, okay. Yeah, I, so, I kind of saw I kind of saw Bert as kind of the Kurt Cobain of the emo scene. When, yeah. Like when he first yeah, appeared, he was first... like jet black dyed hair and just looked like Kurt Cobain at some points. Um, but yeah, what a guy, what a front man, what, what a vocal range. Even the latest work they've done now is fantastic. So yeah, good choice for good choice for Yep. Good pick. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was obsessed with the used, like, early 2000s, so that had to be on my list. Luke? Uh, my four was Chester. My four oh, was yeah, Chester. Oh, yeah, Chester. So I no apologize. booing Chester. We've already done no, no that. No, no booing Chester. So no, we, no booing we that legend. Sean, then. Okay, so Sean, yep. what's your four? Oh, I've got kind of a joint two, but okay. I will go f I will go for Hayley Williams. Okay. Um, Boom. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, what a, what an inspiring young lady. Um, I'm t look at me talking like I'm 70 72. <laughs> yeah, she's done very well for the scene. Those bloody kids. Um, yeah, yeah. Luckily, again, luckily enough, uh, the blackout went on Paramore's first ever UK tour. Man, oh, really? Awesome. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, she, she um, her parents are up on tour with her. Um, yeah, it was a give it a name 
Yeah, Give I remember Give Festival. It a Name in the UK did like a Give It A Name Presents tour where they sent four unknown bands um, out to tour and then they we were all meant to uh, do like revolving headliner so we had um, there's a band called Drive By from New York a band called Classic Case uh, The Blackout and then a band called Paramore and then after two dates we were like oh no nobody's coming to see three of the bands and all of these amazing like emo girls that we didn't even know existed have just turned up and we're like oh we, they've come to see Paramore and then they were amazing um, I remember we did a date in Newcastle in England and uh, oh, then the Refused uh, band called Refused their DVD came out and I just realised I forgot they are front man that's going to hurt <laughs> um, and yeah so me and Gavin the singer from the, the other singer from the Blackout we went out bought the Refused DVD came back to the venue sat down started watching this DVD to kind of get pumped because we loved them and we sat down and Hayley came in and watched the whole thing with us and then I think it was like five years later we supported them in London and she pulled me aside and said there's a song on Riot um, I should know what it's called it's towards the end um, and there's a she's got a lyric from Refused in that and she was like you, re- you introduced me to them and wow. then now that now that That's exists because of that so this That's is amazing yeah. yeah and and there's another story about the fantastic Ailey Williams she started following me on Twitter and I went to DM her to say thank you and see how she see how she is or whatnot and I accidentally blocked her and then yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yeah. and then no. when I unblocked when I unblocked her she's no longer following me so no. I was like she, there's no way she's going to see me tweet her now going excuse me there's any chance you could follow me again I'm a fucking idiot <laughs> it was an accident yeah I'd rust my big thumbs <laughs> yeah my stupid Welsh hands <laughs> um, yeah but yeah what a what a vocal what a missed what opportunity a, yeah what a vocal oh. what a style um, what an enigmatic front person she's just yeah. all eyes Vocals, on her unbelievable yeah Oh, man. Incredible vocals. Every time shape. I see them live, like you're like, how she does not miss a fucking note. She is yeah. perfect every single time. I think the first time I ever saw them live was at Give It a Name. Um, well, which is, there you go. That would have been. Yeah. that might have been the tour that. Uh, it would have been. The, yeah, it would have been because yeah. this was like the first ever Give It a Name because it was only around for a few years, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just think she she came onto the scene well they did and like i said it it was just so individual and to be a woman in that industry i think is hard enough as it is and yep. she's just putting so many men to shame and i love yeah. it and i think you know if if we could have more of her i mean there have been bands that have tried and i just don't think they have one the range that she has or two like the presence that she does for such a small small yeah, woman correct. Yeah. <laughs> um so so many have tried to you know copy it ish and i it, there's just no copying it there's just no one yeah. that can do it like that she can i don't think so i mean yeah, there will be she, at some point she, but she's just yeah. she's just ahead of the game she yeah well she came along when it was such like a men orientated genre mm. such as men orientated scene you know and you know and then yeah, just on that tour, we saw alone how empowered and how she brought so many girls out, you know, to um, celebrate their music. And we were like, yeah. "This is awesome! This is amazing!" Like those, those, a lot of those girls probably wouldn't have gone to shows if it wasn't for the fact she was there. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was just she's just 
unbelievable absolutely inspirational yeah she's brilliant yeah, and I actually really great. enjoy some of her uh, solo stuff that's come out of the Pearls for Armistice yeah. yes. so uh, there we go um, number Boom. three for me is Fred Durst oh that's a good pick he's higher for you higher okay great We'll talk about him with you, but I just want to say that I was obsessed with um, Limp Biscuit, and I saw them at Wembley when I was young, whenever that was. <laughs> so long ago now. Hey, Limp I still have my T-shirt shirt. as well. Um, and I lost a shoe, and it was one of the best shows ever. It was with um, uh, God, whatever they're called, Godsmack. Um, nice. And. Uh, it was just after Chocolate Starfish had come out. I wish I'd seen them sooner, but I don't. I don't know if what I. What an album! What um, an album! Yeah, such a good album. Um, but yeah, I was just uh, in my like school leaving book when I was sixteen. Our yearbook it said uh, like everyone had most likely to, and mine was most likely to marry Fred Durst. <laughs> Ah, nice. Never fancied him. I actually fancied Wes Borland instead, but for some reason, yep. everyone said most like because I was just so obsessed with Limp Bizkit. So um, yeah, good times. We'll talk about Fred a lot a bit more when he's on your list. So Luke, three. That's a good pick. Um, my three. I apologize if it's controversial. Oh, if God. it's going to piss anyone, I don't. If think it's so. if it's Kiedis again, I'm going to be furious. Just, my whole list is just <laughs> the whole Red Hot Chili Peppers lineup. I've got I've got Flea on here. I've got yeah. Chad Smith, the drummer. That's my top five. Top got five Red Hot Chili Peppers members. Will Fowler number one because he yeah. looks like a drummer. Yeah. Um, three for me. I've got Gerard Way from My Kim. Um, yeah. Nice. I'll be honest. I don't think I ever saw them live. Um, I don't think I, I ever think had the, the opportunity Maybe to, but they were kind of my transition into that scene, to be honest, because I really was like not into that type of music at all until, I don't know what, Three Cheers for Su- Sweet Revenge probably came out. Which I which, actually prefer to Black Parade. That's my favorite, yes. Three Cheers yeah. is my favorite album of theirs. So much better, oh, I, I think. I can't believe we all agree. Um, <laughs> I, no, I hardly meet anyone that agrees with that take. That is like... Yeah, yeah I do not like the Black Parade. It's a really hot topic on our podcast that I have said the Three Cheers is the best album because you were literally from front to back. It's just it's, it's just bangers. song after song. Oh my God, doesn't yeah. it start with Helena? Like fuck yeah. me, yeah. what an intro! Yeah, and it's it. You can listen to the whole album. The Black Parade was just a little bit too self indulgent yeah. for my like. Yeah. I liked too, the Black Parade, but not even on the same level as Three Cheers. Yeah, for me. It, it just it for me they were trying to be Queen too much. Mm. And, yeah, I get um, that. I but I yeah, he's. Queen. He's. I mean, what's he doing? Like comics now and stuff. Why yeah, he doing he's doing the comic. Yeah, he's doing comics, and then he's got um. Well, my camera back together. Well, they I were guess. back they just, last year. Yeah, oh, they just, right. The pandemic stopped the shows. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, maybe I'll see him yeah. if they keep going after the pandemic. I mean, yeah. they'll definitely reschedule those shows. But it's. It, yeah. I imagine that you've been quiet for all those years, and then you're like. I know. In a return, and then you're back, is and it, then you're like, yeah. ah, fuck. Is it their fault? That's the question. <laughs> like, has this virus been released because some, like, anti-goth fella was like, I can't let this go ahead. Um, <laughs> we so have I'm to not shut saying, the world down. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it's my chemical romance's fault, but... Hmm. It might. Is it? <laughs> have you seen? Have you, I don't know. We don't. It know. could yeah. have been. I mean, it came from a bat. That's the most goth thing I've ever heard in my life. So yeah, exactly. So I yeah, bet. true. You're probably onto something there, Sean. Okay, yeah, three I've for got, you, Sean. Oh, number three. Um, I have got um, Jezza Way. I've written the British Gerard Way. <laughs> I've got. Uh, I, I've got him as special mentions. Number three. 
for me is a fire inside frontman, AFI frontman, Davey Havoc. Nice. Um, unbelievable band. Yeah. Um, androgynous. I remember being like seeing him and being like, I don't know what's yeah, going what's on. Going and on. this is awesome. It, yeah. And I was just like, he or she is running about and climbing things. And he does a move where his guitarist slides on his knees and he jumps over him. And it, they're just incredible. And I think they kind of brought that goth punk look to the forefront, I guess. Definitely. I don't even, you know, we're talking about Black Parade. Like, I don't even know if you would have had that kind of look more right. mainstream if it probably wasn't for AFI. And, um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, just a fantastic band. Um, yeah. So Davy Havoc was my number three. Nice. Um, and he also made me, he also made me think that I could get away with wearing makeup as well. And then um, I did and realised I can't. But thank you <laughs> yeah, for giving on. me the. <laughs> Didn't yeah, see thank you, you as for well. Me <laughs> com- yeah, thank you for giving me the confidence, Davy, <laughs> to at least try. Because now we hey, know. If you don't try, yeah. you don't know. Exactly. Know. At least you like. Yeah. Oh, I am hideous in this. Never doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my god, my number two, um, I, I just want to preface this by saying that mine are all from a certain type of music, like I I haven't put like, because you brought up Queen and I was like, I haven't put like Freddie Mercury in there, who is the greatest rap man of all time, but I'm just doing yeah. a very specific type of music. He, um, yeah, was I he, feel like he would have been 80s. Yeah, he kind of died in uh, Did in he die in 92? Yeah, yeah, I guess I so. I was kind of going anyway, with like when they were big, mostly. Yeah, yeah. well, to yeah. be fair, one of my honorables is actually Kurt Cobain. I was in love with Nirvana, but he, uh, I mean, they were over by 93, 94. Right. So I yeah. I was like, I, I probably shouldn't put them in, but obviously obsessed with Nirvana. Everyone has a Nirvana phase, I think. You either have sure. a Nirvana phase or a, what's the other band? I don't remember who it is, but I had a, definitely had a Nirvana phase. Um, my number two, you didn't. <laughs> nope, I got in. I got in an argument with the editor of Rock Sound because of Kurt Cobain. Because oh um, really? I yeah, I was a stupid child at the beginning of my band, and I was just furious that um, yeah, I, I was just an idiot. I was just um, a fool. The thought um, I was angry at Kurt Cobain for killing himself when he was rich and had a child, and then. Um, and then I experienced depression and anxiety and stuff myself. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, that makes complete sense. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, but, yeah, I never kind of added an Because I guess we'll get into it when we get okay. to the top of my list. Interesting. But, Love it. Um, yeah. Um, so, my number Ooh. two is Brandon Boyd from Incubus. I was Ooh, obsessed yeah. with Honorable the album Science. Um, yeah. I mean, what a fucking album. And then, was Morning View after that one? I think so. I just had a huge Incubus phase, and I was obsessed with Brandon Boyd. And um, when I moved Hot to Southampton, man. I remember there being a, a guy that looked just like him, and all our friends, he had a girlfriend, so, but all of our friends would be like, there's Brandon Boyd. <laughs> um, but no, Incubus, like, I mean, later on, I stopped listening to him because they got a bit too mainstream for me. Not not because I'm like, oh, you sellouts, but because their super sound just changed. And I preferred their raw, like, the, like if you listen to science and then you listen to the later stuff, there's there's such a difference. Um, yeah. Idiot Box. Uh, I said Idiot Box. Wait, science? No, yeah. Idiot Box was just my favorite song on the album. Um, but it it was just a lot more raw and and just like rough and ready and weird and spacey and and I was just like, this is so unique. Um, I, I just loved Incubus. Loved, loved, loved them. Um, they were great live. I got to see them once so here live. in Columbus at, a, at the outdoor LC thing. 
It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was a wonderful show. I think, he, um, oh, Brandon reminded me, uh, reminds me a lot of Mike Patton. Like if you go, like yeah. I mentioned him earlier because of Anthony Kiedis. Um, I think <laughs> we get you, it, dude. Chill out. Like, because <laughs> of fucking Anthony yeah. Kiedis. Right. Yeah. We'll you wait till I take it. my top off and reveal my back piece of how much I hate Anthony <laughs> Kiedis. Dead or chili peppers, it says across the top. Um, oh, that's so funny. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. If you li- like, I see a lot of Mike Patton in um, Brandon Boyd, and now that I've talked so much about Mike Patton, and Mike Patton's going to feature in my number two as well. That he should be number one, but he's not even. He didn't even make my top five. So sorry about Blimey. that. Blimey. Um, wow. Yeah, he was just kind of like a, a bit, you know. He was clearly into like yoga and everything, so that he was just yeah. kind of like fluidly rolling about the stage, and yeah, yeah I just, he I always, just really he, loved Incubus. Yeah, he always looked like he enjoyed a Jamaican cigarette before going on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Jamaican. <laughs> uh, yeah, 100%. I think they did. I think they definitely a few of them for sure. Yeah, yeah, That's more good. than a few. Okay, Luke, two. Uh, my two is. On? Outside of the genre, I would say. Ooh, also, nice. Brandon. I went Brandon Flowers from The Killers. Uh, I am a big fan of The Killers. They, especially at that time, like the early 2000s, mid 2000s. I mean, their first album time. was amazing. Yeah, Hot Fuss, I think. Was that their first album? Hot Fuss, mm. maybe? I think it, it had prob- a bunch of bands. Like, that had Mr. Brightside on it. And, yeah, if it wasn't their uh, first album, then it was definitely their first hit album what's crazy about him i believe if i'm not messing the story up is that he is only the front man of that band because of like a craigslist ad like i'm pretty sure no. they had a band needed a front like imagine having a band needing a front man and you get him with like yeah. an incredible voice an incredible like entertainer and become the killers out of like a craigslist ad i, I hope i'm not messing that up because i don't feel bad no that's wrong, amazing I, I think that's right i think i've heard that I hope but he yeah, turned the up for the audition man. with his sparkly jacket on. I know, right? right? <laughs> Even his like solo stuff after The Killers is great. Like he's he's got some really good songs on his solo. I met him once too. when I worked in H and M in really? Southampton when I was at uni. Yeah, they were was playing nice? in Southampton, and he yeah, I mean he's very quiet, very little. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I I he's someone I could never marry because then my name would be Fleur Flowers, which would Fleur be Flower Fla- Flowers. <laughs> Flower flowers. Fla- flower flowers, which doesn't yeah. really work, does it? So, um, but Caleb's yeah, safe I, then, I really enjoyed that first album. And who doesn't love, obviously, Mr. Brightside? Yeah, I mean, yeah. put that on when everyone's hammered, you're getting a room full of singers. Yeah, <laughs> even like Sam's true. Town was the second album, has When You Were Young on it, and somebody I or somebody d- told me it's the first album, but yeah, there's, there's some, some songs that I don't something. like. Are we human or are we done? I'm See, like, I love that song, with that I'm shit, all, but no, um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense with them. Um, yeah. On that hot, I think on the Hot Fuss UK release, they had that song that goes, "I got soul, but I'm yeah. not a soldier." <laughs> I fucking hated that. Yeah, I got ham, but I'm not a hamster. Very, what do you want about? A ham bone. <laughs> I actually, again, I don't even know if he writes the lyrics either. I feel like he. Oh, like I that. bet he does. <laughs> I feel like I've heard. I think I've heard that the, the like. Maybe the guitarist. I could be wrong. I'm just making up stories. I don't actually know anything. Yeah, you're just Can making I, um, up their whole history. Yeah. Well, while Luke's on a, on an indie tip, um, yep. can I give a special shout out to yep. um, Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys? Nice. Um, yeah. Fantastic frontman and possibly the greatest frontman in indie rock of all time, um, Liam Gallagher. Yes. Who, um, 
can literally just stand there with his arms behind his back and everybody will just look at him because they don't know like he's insane like anything could happen but Very it doesn't he just stands there and he's got such an energy and a, such a persona that it yeah it's just i think I mean, he spans time yeah, yeah. I, I i will say i tend to prefer the oasis songs that noel sings like sunday morning call and don't look back in anger and but i yeah. i mean absolutely liam is just you just put him on a stage and he's a rock star isn't he yeah. He literally sings that as well. <laughs> um, yeah, great, great bit of indie stuff. Alex, I think, is a great pick as well because he kind of is the new... Uh, at one When they first came out, he was like the new era of that attitude of rock, wasn't he? He yeah. like had that attitude that some would probably find annoying or offensive, but I think it goes hand in hand sometimes with, with music like of 100%. that kind of caliber so yeah i agree with those two little honorable mentions mm-hmm. nice um two for you sean number two for me um and when i first discovered his music it literally changed kind of everything i was into at the time because i was only into new metal kind of prior to this finding this fella but daryl palumbo from glassjaw mm. um, and, he- and head automatica fame um yes. because you couldn't have two more different bands, Glass Joe and Head Automatica, yeah, so and true. both of them are um, fantastic. Um, yeah, it, it complete. When I found Glass Joe, I remember I found Glass Joe. This was, um, was it? I found them in Kerrang magazine. Right, there was a photo of them playing like a Virgin Mega Store release party for their album "Everything You Ever Want to Know About Silence," and he was just in the air with like his legs akimbo all over the place um and i was just like what is th- what uh, look at this nutter and i i then literally i saw a photo of him that got me into the music and then i listened to the music and i was like he's in this guy's insane this this music sounds mental he's just yelling about how much he ate his ex-girlfriend oh my god i hate my ex-girlfriend this is my god me and this guy are the same fella and then um yeah just like he was such such a big influence of Glassjaw, and then he did Ed Automatica, and then you know I think Ed Automatica led to bands in the UK like Kids in Glass Houses and stuff. Absolutely, and, yeah. What was um, that huge Head Automatica? Head Automatica. Beating song? Hearts, baby. Beating Heart, baby. Yep. That's it. Yeah. No, that definitely of. influenced um, like. <laughs> hey. We got Florida Sing a, on the podcast. A it's a goal every episode. Voice. I'm on a par with Haley. Um, yeah, I think that definitely helped influence things like Kids in Glass Houses and stuff. Yeah, well, I just think Glassjaw, um, yeah, I think there's so many, I think that whole emo scene um, that, you know, that I'm involved in, um, you guys are kind of involved in, Caleb's involved in, I think a lot of those bands are influenced by Glassjaw and they kind of don't even know. I think Glassjaw kind of influenced so many bands early on that stole, not stole ideas, but like took what Glassjaw did and then try to make it their own. And now, further down the line, you look at a band, I don't know, like probably like Bring Me the Rise or something like that. And there's, there's I see bits of, gla- like if it wasn't for Glassjaw, you, I don't think you could get to like Bring Me the Rise yeah. and stuff like that. So, and then without Dal Palumbo, I think there's no Jason Allen Butler from Let yep. Live Fever 333, mm-hmm. who, who's, and I've talked to him over this, his whole. Like I see, well, the first time I saw Let Live, um, was prior, prior to us going on tour with them, and I saw a video of them on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is Daryl Palumbo, but mixed with Frank Carter 
from Gallows. Yep. And then we got offered, the Blackout got offered to go on tour to do the Kerrang tour because um, some 41 pulled out and the Blackout stepped in. And one of the main factors for us doing the tour, because we meant to be having time off to write an album, one of the main factors of us doing the tour were the fact that Let Live were opening or second on or whatever. So, and I, I just wanted to see them every night. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and, that, and like I've sat down with Jason. I was like, the first night I was like, you love Glassjaw, right? And he was like, yeah, I do. You can obviously tell. And I was like, yeah, me too. And then we literally bro, we literally bro down about it. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up, I remember saying when I first started the band, like, I was like, if we ever support Glassjaw, that's it. I'm, I'm giving up. And we did at that Give It A Name Festival. But um, yeah. sadly for everybody, um, I didn't give up. I, I carried was on say, for a bit. did you give up? Was that it? No. No, no, ha, ha, ha. Just kept me going. Um, but yeah, like, and now I've managed to befriend him. And like, it's, I just find out bonkers. Like, yeah, it's, it's literally, it's fo- you know, I got his phone number in my phone and it's, pfft, that's mad. <laughs> just to say it now, like, is fucking bonkers. The, yeah, we're kind of friendly. He's texting me back like, it's, <laughs> it's mad. <laughs> Have awesome. you ever had a reply? <laughs> yes oh yeah 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 Nearly, i'm just um, kidding <laughs> yeah we were trying to work on him doing some stuff with my new band so um awesome amazing yeah we'll see what happens there but, okay do we want to do some any honorable mentions or do we want to do oh, ones got, and then honorables after just in case oh Whatever. i've got lords so okay you we'll do you. them after we'll do them after my number okay. one never in any doubt forever and always best band of all time my front my number one front man is zach de la Rocha. I was going to bring them up when we were talking about bands that came back before the pandemic, man. Yeah, yeah. I know. I had, I was, I was on there to go. I was meant to see them, and they're on my, on my, the date they've moved it to this year. Hopefully, happens. Um, but I mean, I just don't think I've spoken about Rage Against Machine so much on this podcast. Jesus, everyone's so bored of me talking about them. <laughs> but I just think it amazing. No one does it like them. No one would be like them. He is unbelievable. The energy. The, the his political view i just love everything about it it's perfection to me so i don't think anyone has ever been better yeah. than zach de la rocha for me i just think he's unbelievable it's hard to argue that yeah. legendary and his, uh, and his stuff with uh run the jewels at the yeah moment run the jewels awesome. oh, it's so yeah. great love I run love the it. jewels i was so excited when i saw he was on on like the album i was just like he's yeah been, he's been on two of their albums yeah now, he's been on two now but um it's awesome I yeah, I just am obsessed with anything he does. I just think he's a fucking genius. So yep. yeah, um, he is number one for me forever and always. Number one in your nice. heart. The Blackout were lucky enough to do uh, Rage Against Machines like first UK date back after you know after whatever insane amount of time it was. Uh, it was a festival, but we were you know we yeah. were there and wow. it was in Scotland. And the drummer from the Blackout l- loves Rage Against the Machine. More than anybody, more than anybody in Rage Against the Machine ever has, right? <laughs> and he was side of the stage, and Zach Delaroche does the same intro every time. Just walks on stage, goes, "Hey, uh, hi, we're Rage Against the Machine from Los Angeles, California," and they just start, yeah. right? And literally, he walked on, and as soon as he said hello, the drummer was pissing from his face, right? It was just <laughs> they were coming out of him like silvery rope, right? He was just crying, he was just couldn't get over it. And they were the loudest band I've ever been side of stage for. It yeah. was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, what a band, what a front man. Um, yeah, and just all his other projects as well. And he did um, uh, 
Yeah, I keep bringing these stories up because I am literally amazed that I got to do this stuff. This isn't. No, please, tell him. Please, please, yeah, please don't see this. Yeah, as, look, like, my not, best mates are Tom Morello, so you can't say anything. It's true. Fleur did <laughs> hang out with Tom Morello. That's a fact. What? Yeah. What? Do you write I didn't with? hang out with him. I hung out there like five minutes. I'm that. making it sound better than it was, but it was cool. Yeah. We got to see him, and Floor got yeah. to talk to him. And I got That's, a bunch of yeah. photos with him because I had to. But yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. You, yeah. You must. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My band did um, Soundwave in Soundwave Festival in, in Australia, Australia in 2013, yeah. and all of the bands fly together on like two planes, right? Two chartered planes with all of the bands on the festival. So there's yeah. like. 50 60 bands maybe all flying it's, it's wow. insane if That's those band if those planes went here's me thinking about <laughs> death again um <laughs> if those planes went down that's the alternative Wiping music scene yeah. dead for Gone. you like yeah r- <laughs> unbelievable just but a anyway, year <laughs> yeah we were just we were on a flight um from i can't remember where it was, it was in inbound in australia and we got off the flight and we went to the carousel, right, to pick up our bags. And there is Mr. Jared Leto, right, completely dressed in white, right, like of long course. white robe, d- doing yeah, some sure. sort of tai chi, doing some sort yeah, of tai chi, absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> I turn round behind me, and I look, and there's Robert the Zombie, Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob Zombie, Robert right? the Zombie, zom- the That's zombie. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, Robert the Zombie's there, right? And next to him is Zach De La Rocha, right? Holy and they fuck, both I would have gi- lost it. They're both, they're both giggling, right? Like schoolchildren, taking photos of Jared Leto doing Tai Chi. Oh, wait, Jared Leto was actually doing Tai Chi? Oh, yeah. He's oh, I thought you were just batsman. joking because he was in the, all the white. That's brilliant. Oh, no, no. no. Oh, no, he's, oh, yeah, he loves it. He loves it. Oh, he's fully, yeah, he's he yeah, glo- what a dick. <laughs> he was white gloved up as well because he doesn't touch, he doesn't shake, well, he's, he was right too. Turns out, turns, turns out, out, everybody thought Jared Leto was an absolute nutter. <laughs> spot on, spot on. Maybe he is about. Jesus. Maybe he is Jesus. I don't know. Maybe he is. It's turning. It's turning out that way. Um, Maybe if he, but he yeah, thinks it, I was just like, happen. I was like, oh my god, this, this killing in the name of laughing at uh, Jared <laughs> Leto. This is in, insane. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, what a what a front man, what a band, unbelievable vocals. Unbelievable lyricism, great politics. Yeah, the lyrics are yeah. unbelievable. Good choice. He's in my honourable mentions. I have written him down in my. And I think mentions. also as well, you know, it's it's very rare that music is timeless. Like you c- yeah. you can listen to something and be like, oh, that hundred percent is from the seventies or. And I just think their music is so relevant and even more relevant now than ever. And actually, I, oh, yeah. I think I've said it before, but I tweeted like that only th- when Don Trump first got elected, I was like, the only good thing that could come out of this mess is that it brings back Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. And then obviously it was meant to last year. But um, I just think that, you know, politics is always a pile of shit, isn't it? And the same people are still disenfranchised. And I just think they're always they're just timeless to me. Their sound is timeless. So. That's why I just, you know, stop me talking about them. Enough. Luke, one. <laughs> uh, my one, we've talked about at length, Haley Williams. Uh, oh, actually, all the way up to one. one I, love I just that. love Paramore. I love oh, Haley Williams. So, good. so we won't have to they're rehash so that. But good. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, seeing them at Warp Tour was super fun. Like one of the early Warp Tours we did, they were headlining and they were just, oh. I mean, Hayley, amazing. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Honorable is mention, that, though. Is I, that the. Sorry, what? I was going to say, is that the, like when they were playing Warp Tour, did any other band get a look in, or was just everyone just fucking? It was just a, a just giant stood there with crowd. their mouths open. Stood, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was actually I got to stand in the sound booth, which was fantastic yeah, for nice. most of the times, and they had. 
they had I forget which tour, like what album they were touring on, but it was like they had this the insane confetti cannons at the end that just blanketed the crowd. I mean, they were the craziest confetti cannons I've ever seen, and I just remember being like, "This is so awesome!" And they just slay. I mean, she just slays yeah. live, dude. Yeah. It's she's so she good. She it. sounds as good live as on the album, in oh, my opinion. Hundred like, percent. I have no idea how she does it. Which a lot of people do not. I mean, that you can't. Oh, say that oh about yeah. A lot of people. She's one hello. Of them. Yeah, hello. Uh, honorable mention, though, I'll bring up Anthony Green. I'm an Anthony Green fan, especially from Circa Survive. Um, yeah. Big fan of, of he, him live. Speaking of live, he's insane live. His, at least when I saw him. I know he's had some ups and downs, but when I saw no, him. No, he was his, great when I saw it. When I saw it in color. He's just bonkers. Oh, wait. No, who, who but, am I talking about? What a range. What a yeah. range he's got. It's insane. Wow. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Haley Williams. Selfish won. people with amazing voices. I know, right? Share the share the ta- like share the wealth. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Okay, Sean. I've, <clears throat> I've figured out mentally who your number one is, and I am so yeah. happy about it. He's been it. scribbling a lot on the list, so we'll see what actually. We'll uh, get some honorables after, here. but let's talk about your number one. Number one is um, Sir Frederick Durst beautiful um who uh literally changed my life uh, because prior to him like i said i was kind of into indie rock there was like only kind of indie rock here <laughs> but then i remember hearing hot dog from chocolate starfish like how serious i've gone all of a sudden i know um i remember hearing hot dog from chocolate starfish and he says the word fuck 48 times and um counts them and mentions it on the song he does, and yeah. I thought, I thought swearing and shouting, this isn't music. I could do this, <laughs> and then so technically, I went on to do it, and it's all Fred Durst's fault. Um, <laughs> yeah, what a front man! I think he changed. You know, I think Limp Bizkit were a big part of changing music. Absolutely. I think kind of metal was kind of getting a bit boring and a bit, a bit dead. Samey. I think. Yeah. And then uh, he came up with dance routines, wearing a backwards hat and having the baggiest trousers of all time. <laughs> and keeping a spray can in his bag. Um, and, <laughs> nice. And then, uh, yeah, I just remember sitting in my car when, um, after getting chocolate starfish, and then I went back and got $3 bill, y'all. And I remember sitting in my car when I was probably 20, 21, singing Counterfeit in uh, Fred Durst style to myself. And then if you cut forward to 2012... Um, my band The Blackout was offered a tour supporting Limp Bizkit. Um, That's awesome. And That's so cool. prior to it, our booking agent said, oh, you've been offered a tour with Limp Bizkit. And we were like, yes. And they were like, oh, but you're going to lose £18,000. And we were like, yes. It doesn't matter. 100%, yep. Yeah. Oh, What's that, three grand each? What's that, three grand each? I'll pay three grand each to just hang yes, out with absolutely. Limp Bizkit. No kidding. And... Um, and then on the one of the dates, I wrote them a letter. So yeah, so Limbiscuit, we we were lucky enough to be invited on tour with them, and we snapped it up. Cost us eighteen grand, which I cannot let go. But um, we turned up, and I just couldn't get over. Like I was, I watched them every night. Every night you, too, you watch yeah. them. And they get five songs in, right? And you're like, surely they're gonna run out of hits. Surely. And they play another 10 or 15 songs that if you played in any rock club in the UK, the rock club would have kicked off. It's insane. It it was absolutely bonkers, right? Every night. 
so it got to the point we were 12 dates in and we just kind of got chummy enough you know saying hello and like oh hello backstage just kind of oh hello mr durst um <laughs> and uh so I, I wrote a letter and i remember the letter verbatim right i wrote really? dear limp biscuit it's the blackout year you might remember us from the last 12 shows if not no worries thank you for taking us on tour we have never heard you play the rock mosh anthem counterfeit live is there any chance of you doing it even in um soundcheck soundcheck if not yeah <laughs> if not again no worries thank you very much the blackout right That's so funny. so i wrote this letter and i was like fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna go give it to him so i went and gave it to um fred's fred had a massive security guard he was absolutely huge um and i went and gave it to him and i thought oh that would even get to him now because like they had just gone down to sound check i think so i give it to him and then so we were up in our dressing room then it was a knock on the door it was gabe who was fred durst's pa he said um olympus kid would like to see you downstairs please and we were like oh fuck we're getting kicked off the tour because because kids were I got to the point where the blackout had gone on for so long, gone on for so long, gone on for so long that people would ask us for really old songs, right? And we know, as a band, there's nothing more irritating than being asked to play the old stuff because people prefer it. (laughs) It's nothing more disheartening. So I was like, fuck, boys, I'm so sorry. We literally walked down like naughty school children, like, oh, fuck, no. (laughs) So we walked down, get to side of stage, and they sound check in. And as soon as we get there, dead silent and I was like oh no Fred turns and goes right if we're going to do the song you got to sing it right yeah and I went oh no. okay so I walked over he sent me over to the monitor guy who gave me a wireless mic and so in the middle of Limp Bizkit's stage setup where there's monitors usually right in the middle Fred's got an auto cue right because he's got so many hits how does he remember all the words I don't know yeah um, but he had counterfeit up there. He turns to me and he says, hey, if you need it, the words are on the old man TV, right? That's what he was calling his auto cue, <laughs> right? And like some sort of like- child, like no, like some sort of schoolyard child, I stepped over it, right? I turned back to him, looked him in his face and went, I was born to do this. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Right? And That's then, so and then, we did the song, right? And it's literally me doing an impression of Fred Durst at Fred Durst, right? Hey, man, wake up and smell the concrete, <laughs> right? And now, if you go on YouTube and type in Limp Bizkit, The Blackout, right? There's video footage of no. that with me with my stupid blonde ear cut, right? Rapping Fred Durst's voice at Fred Durst while Fred Durst is also rapping in that voice. Well, Gavin from my band also joins and Wes Boland and the guitarist from The Blackout are playing at the same time as well. And That's it's, the dream, it's, it's the number, it's the dream come true. I don't know. I don't know I if mean. it can be beaten. No, um, that's so absolutely funny. amazing. I was just thinking if I if I ever was like, oh, I'll, let's play it, and I did it with him, I would do 100% the same thing. Because I used to, if we're talking like end together now, I my friend was Method Man and I was Fred, and I well, definitely fun- had the Fred voice. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, fun- funnily enough, on that tour, because after we did Counterfeit the one night, um, 
we were in Hamburg, right? So yeah, the Blackout Limp Bizkit Hamburg is on YouTube and all of the 3,000 views of it were probably me, right? <laughs> um, because I've just gone, how, how the fuck did I get to do this? Um, yeah, so the night after we were in Copenhagen and they were they hadn't played End Together now on the tour because they didn't have anybody to do Method Man's parts. Yeah. And Fred went, do you want to do Method Man's part? And I was like, nope, I am not. I'll do your voice all yeah, day Yeah, I know long. your bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good for Method Man. I'm not doing Method Man. Because, no, like, me coming out and doing Counterfeit with you, that's cool because it's a rock song. We're a rock band who's just played. It kind of makes sense. If I come out and start rapping, after that crowd has just seen me talk to them with my stupid Welsh accent, <laughs> they're going to be like, what's this? What's this? this isn't happening. But, um, yeah, I literally got to live the dream of, like, whoever your favourite band is, I perform so with them. Cool. Yeah, that's um, amazing. So cool. Your, well, your favourite song, story. by the sounds what of a, it. What an yeah, awesome man. story. I, I found them with Significant Other, and I just remember I rearranged as my favourite song off that album. And I, in my short lived bass playing career, that was the first song I ever learned on bass. So. Here's another, <laughs> um, here's another Limp Bizkit super fan story. Um, they were sound checking one day, and they weren't, the band weren't ready to sound check, so they were like all in their dressing rooms or whatever. So, like, we were setting up in front of the stage getting all our gear together and I was just having a I was just having a look at DJ Lethal's like DJ setup because like I like when before the blackout started or before we became the blackout we were called 10 minute preview and I DJ'd originally in the band right because I'd seen Limp Bizkit and I was like I can't do anything apart from I can yell and yeah. I can maybe scratch this record let's let's see how it goes because <laughs> the other boy in the band Gavin he's a better singer so um so I was like I'll just be the shouty man and so yeah so we're sound checking, uh, or they like their kits on stage, and they've like their techs have just sound checked for them, and my drummer is standing behind their drum tech, just looking at John Otto's drum kit, right, which is like a trillion toms. It's this unbelievable, legendary kit, right, that took us to the Matthews Bridge, technically, didn't it, with the, my generation? So our drummer was like playing this infamous John Otto drum kit or whatever. So I was just standing there looking at the DJ stuff, just talking to the DJ tech, and I was like. Because I was like, just talking him DJ nonsense. Yeah. And, um, you know, just to show that I kind of knew something about it. And he was like, oh, go have a go. And I was like, what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm there now playing with DJ Lethal's gear. And okay. he's got this old so sampler, right? He's got this old sampler from back in the 90s, right? And there's a button on it that literally just says, it's got a piece of tape that says HOP, right? Or It either said on tape HOP or on the little um, LED, it said HOP. And I was like, oh, what does he use this for? And he was like, press the button. And I was like, Sh what? And I pressed the button, right? That is the original sample, right? That makes any party go absolutely mad, right? House of pain. Because DJ Lethal was in House of Pain and this button <laughs> literally went, boom, 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 boom. And I was, and the moment, because I was there, right? So, like, I'm there just scratching away now, looking like a tit. Our drummer's there now playing John Otter's drum kit like a child. And then our band are, like, restringing their guitars or whatever, like, out the front, but facing the stage. As soon as I press the House of Pain button, because that's what it's always going to be known as in my brain from yeah. now on, the jump around button, as soon as I press that, everyone in my band looked up and went, oh, my God, no. And I was like, that's I mean, so I'm, 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 great. I'm, for a moment, I was like Ernie McCracken from the film Kingpin. I was like, I'm king of the world. I'm finally above the law. I'm finally <laughs> above the law. What a reference. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I've 
yeah, I've, I, I'm like an excited child because I that's literally what it was like. Like I'm, I got oh, to live I, my dream. What I, an I would have been exactly Incredible. the same. I get so funny about like people that I have such an affinity for listening to and being like it's just crazy when you meet or be around people that you've idolized so well, much I, I was kind of i was kind of worried prior to it because i've heard kind of like horror stories about limp biscuit or like durst's um temperament shall we say yeah. um but they were unbelievable they were absolutely unbelievable to us um the blackout has a video called ambition is critical and all the footage is taken from us being on tour with limp biscuit and they would hang out all the time. They were, it was almost as if they were bored of each other. So they would hang out with us all the time. That's um, and then there was only one time when I saw Fred kick off. And he kicked off in an exceptional way. He was fantastic. Um, oh, amazing. Their, their day-to-day manager was sharing a dressing room with us. And he had like um, a, a screen up behind him. So you couldn't see behind the screen that we were there with you know all our suitcases and everything for the day or whatever. So Fred came in through the door and he must have thought he was just in a tiny room with the screen. And we could hear him shout, I want my pizza before the show. And then he kicked his screen and the screen just fell, <laughs> revealing us. And then there's just six Welsh boys going, All right, Fred? Yeah, oh, no, oh, oh, yeah, definitely have pizza before We totally before show. understand. Yeah, kind of, we love yeah. pizza. Don't get in the way of Fred and his pizza. I, I'll yeah. make a note of that. <laughs> Imagine, that is fantastic. What a story. But oh, yeah, yes. and it's just awesome to see like Wes Borland. I, oh. I watched him put makeup on for like so even, good. Even two hours before he needs to go on stage, he starts putting makeup on. It's like yeah. that's dedication. Such a commitment. When I saw him at yeah. Wembley, he was completely like he had completely blacked out his entire face and body, and he had like the the giant black. So you could barely see him on stage because yeah. everything was just pitch black. And I was well, just when like, we got to um, what a hero, when we got- what a legend. Yeah, when we got to do that song with him, when we got to do Counterfeit with him, there was a point where, in the day, I've got it on my phone, um, I could email it to you after this, There's it shows Wes is just in jeans, topless, showing Bob, the guitarist on the blackout, how to play the riff, Bob knew. There was no point, yeah. there was no point, like, Bob was like this, oh, is it? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's what. Oh, that's how it goes. And what okay, band like are you in again? <laughs> yeah, like I haven't studied everything you've ever done. You're that's crazy. So and but Wes was just normal man in the day. But then when we were on stage, there's a moment in the Hamburg video where me and him turn and we look at each other, and I look into his eyes, and I am genuinely terrified of whatever I'm looking at because it's not the man I know in the days. Yeah. It was so insane. Crazy. It was like he flipped. It was like he flipped. Yeah. It was almost it's like amazing. a ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's awesome. Okay, has anyone awesome. got any more um, honourable mentions? Because I've got I loads. Just, um, I uh, love yeah. that uh, Fred Durst was number one. I'm all the next that. question is: I'll, Yeah, are you guys meant to be doing anything for the rest of the day? Because I've got so <laughs> many of these I need to go through. Um, <laughs> right, um, Brendan Urie, good one. Yeah, Brendan Urie from Panic. He can good do one. it all. Um, yeah, unbelievable frontman, unbelievable singer, can do screaming stuff as well. More than that, we need. Brendan Uri should appear on more shouty stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, I get that. Amazing again, Jason, but- Jason Butler from uh, Fever 333. Uh, Matt from the Bronx, I've got. Nice. Um, I've got Jeff Rickley from Thursday. I've got Such Adam. Such an individual voice, Thursday. Yeah. 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 Um, Adam Lazara uh, from Take It Back Sunday for his... Um, songwriting abilities and his use of a microphone as I a was going to say you got the swing, swing of microphone, the microphone. yeah um, <laughs> I, yeah I've got that down I've mastered that 
Um, that was that was part of my thing. But yeah, without seeing someone like him and Davy Havoc and Jeff from Thursday doing it, I don't think I probably would have given it a bash or whatever, or seen that it could be done so well because there were some people who were just doing it, and then you'd see him clonk himself in the face with it, and you're like, <laughs> very Stop true. It, you Although fool. I will say, yeah. I at one point I remember watching him being like, okay, mate, we get it. You throw your mic around. Like there was yeah. one time I saw him, and it was every single second of every song and I was like enough <laughs> yeah, I was probably we just in a bad um, mood that day <laughs> yeah we had Adam on a podcast and we talked to him about that and um, he was saying that he did one show where he didn't swing the mic and people complained oh I'm sure <laughs> it's like half the reason yeah. you go yeah it's like going to see Freddie Mercury and he shaved his moustache off yeah what's the point <laughs> so true <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to see Fred Durst and he doesn't have a hat on yeah I was yeah. like, yeah. who is this? Yeah, this, who is this man? This <laughs> poser. Um, and who else they have? Um, Brendan Urie, Frank Carter. Um, what year Pel- did Gallows Pe- come out? It's got to be 2000. Was that, was that mid 2000s? Wow. Yeah, I thought it was earlier than that. But yeah, I guess it was, yeah. Because he quit. Um, and he, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Pell. Pell or Pele, I don't know how to say it. From the Hives is one of the oh. greatest frontmen I've ever seen. Hmm. They just did what a live stream. He's unbelievable. His dance moves. They remind me a lot of Dennis Lixon from Refused. Yeah. Um, who, they're very similar. They're both Swedish as well. So I don't know if it's something in the water. Um, <laughs> but they are, the they are two fantastic frontmen. And my last one was somebody... Um, I got to meet that I never thought I'd be allowed near and the fact that he came anywhere near us and shocked me was Pharrell Williams Whoa. oh my gosh yeah. I was side stage at Reading that's where I met Shinoda side stage um, watching Pharrell at Reading oh, so well, obsessed that's how I met, I met Pharrell via Linkin Park there you um, go wow yeah awesome. and it's, yeah NERD amazing his numbers in my phone and that's that's nuts wow what Pharrell's yeah. number is? Yeah, what a better text that to thing. me, boy. <laughs> Just yeah, um, yeah, it's a it's a good story if you want to hear it. Like, if yeah, you've got I want to hear fine. it. No, <laughs> I want to hear it. I'm obsessed with Pharrell. I want to know how I can get his phone number. <laughs> so basically, um, those five dates I said we did with Linkin Park. One of them was like a Project Revolution show. The others were just like Linkin Park headline shows. So um, we were playing in Munich, and the the lineup was Linkin Park. The band Him, N.E.R.D., The Used, and The Blackout nice. opening. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, we went on. Sure. Yeah, we went on, played, just got over it, and I just I just couldn't get over that N.E.R.D. were playing. I didn't think we'd I see Pharrell. NERD. I didn't think... I just, I just thought he'd be ushered in and out, to be honest. And me and my band went to watch N.E.R.D., like in between the security and the barrier so we were like sitting on the the barrier because it was like a twenty-seven thousand capacity show of yeah, course wow. it was it was linkin park yeah um and we were sitting there like nodding along to like i loved i loved nerd i loved the neptunes so i loved, I loved every yeah. everything pharrell had done prior to this really and we were um just watching him and then all of a sudden i see pharrell he goes and talks to his security guard who is the biggest upside down triangle I've ever seen in my life, right? His shoulders <laughs> are like six foot wide and his waist is about two foot wide, right? He's a mad <laughs> shape. And he comes up, right? He must be about six foot five, six foot six. He comes up to us. He hops off the front of the stage, comes down. He goes, 
and I swear to God, this was the voice that came out of this man, right? Do you guys want to get on a stage with Pharrell? <laughs> and I was like, number one, what's our voice? And number two, definitely, yes, let's go. <laughs> so there's a video as well of this, I think, on YouTube. And there's me, Bert McCracken, like dancing on stage with NERD. And Pharrell comes over and says hello or whatever. And, you know, that hug thing that people in hip hop do. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. and dabbed then, you up. He dabbed you up. That's it, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what the kids call it. Um, so... <laughs> Just before they were coming off stage, I kind of ran back to our dressing room because their dressing room was like next door to ours. And I thought that would just be like for their band and their crew or whatever. So I'm standing in our doorway now, like, like, just waiting there. And then all of a sudden, Pharrell walks past and I stop and I go, dude, unbelievable show. And he turns and he says, what, really? And I was like, yeah, man, that was unbelievable. They were basically the ultimate party band. I yeah. think because they're into you know because they're hip hop heads, I think they were expecting the Rock Kids to eat them, so they just kind of they made like a set that was their songs, but they also did like Seven Nation Army, mm. you know, just together crowd, yeah. da, 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 da. Yeah. and I just said I was like, bro, that was like the ultimate party set, that was unbelievable, and he was like, wow, oh, I can't believe you, you enjoyed it, and I was like, yeah, man, this is nuts, and he's like, oh, I gotta go and um, I gotta go and get changed, what I was like, yeah. thank you for talking to me and then we were sitting in like the communal green area me Gavin the other singer from my band and my brother Jay um, who is the biggest Welsh idiot you'll ever meet in your life right but um, so Pharrell comes just comes over and just sits between me and Gavin right and I'm just like what the f- ah, I'm, and I just googled him before this right and I was like he's worth 90 million <laughs> anyway um <laughs> So my brother, my brother standing over his back went, look at his watch, look at his watch. I'm like, what? I look down and he's got this G-Shock watch that is just made, it might have been made out of one diamond. It was unbelievable, <laughs> That's right? Insane, That's so I awesome. get talking to him, I get talking to him and he's, he's like super excited to tell me about a rapper he was working with. Um, he was like, it sounds like, like Nine Inch Nails meets like Nirvana. And I was like, I, that's mad, like, I know those bands are huge and really influential, but you don't expect to hear Pharrell talking about them. Yeah. Right? And then they were doing, this shows you how long ago it was, they were doing a MySpace show after it, right? In um, oh, they, were well. sneaking o- they were sneaking off um, and NERD were playing a secret 300 capacity show in Munich. Amazing. So Pharrell was like, oh, we're doing a secret show if you want to um, come and hang out. And I was like, yep, 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 yep. So he's like, okay, um, here's my tool manager's number. Send her what you need or whatever. So I was like, okay, cool. He's like, as many as you want. I was like, oh, there's, there's like nine or ten of us. He was like, sorted. So we turn up at this venue. It's 300 capacity. It's, it's absolutely rammed. The tickets were like competition winners. It's insane there, right? We Basically, it was one of our... What, what we would have been headlining if it was our show, but this was like a <laughs> tiny little secret show for NERD. <laughs> So we get into the gig now, Sean Smith plus 10, couldn't believe it, walk in, we're just standing there, pumped now, psyched with everybody else waiting for these guys to go on. All of a sudden, his two manager comes over, grabs me, Pharrell doesn't want you out here with all the, uh, with the uh, punters, whatever, like, yeah, whatever, you know. Um, with, all the, with all the rowdy crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, civilians, normal, normal, normal civilians. Yeah, 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 scum, scum, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so next minute, 
I'm backstage and it's like me, Pharrell, like the NRD guys are there. And I'm like, this is this is absolutely nuts, right? And he's just talking to me. He's like, thank you so, so much for coming. I was like, you fucking stupid. What are you on about? <laughs> and then, um, so I leave to go and get my phone because I was like, I've got to get a picture of this. So I leave to go and get my phone, but they're just about to go on. So <laughs> I left uh, the guitarist from the blackout in there. His name's Matthew, right? And he is the whitest white person of oh, white, God. right? <laughs> and I left him in that room and then next minute I come back and the security guard, oh, you can't at the moment, they're just about to go on. I was like, all right, cool. So I waited. They come out, they go on stage. I talked to Matthew and Matthew was like, I was the only white person in a 20 person prayer circle, right? And he's no religion whatsoever. And Amazing. I was like, that must have been, he was like, you don't believe how awkward that was for me. And I was like, I know exactly how awkward <laughs> that was for me. Wow. And then, so they went on and we were like standing side the, there's no side of stage really but as side of stage as you can be and like he gives us a shout out and he's like yeah man, I want to give a shout out to my new friends the blackout we met today and these guys are awesome or whatever and I was like what the fuck is going wow. on there that, and then he I comes honestly up, just out of body experience yeah yeah well it's yeah it's nearly it's nearly done I'm sorry to everybody listening I'm nearly finished no this and, is amazing um, so they play this unbelievable set two drummers um on a stage that doesn't fit one drummer really um yeah. but they've got two drummers this unbelievable set and then i so I, I go backstage and i'm like oh i'm coming to project revolution in london to see you guys in lincoln park and for us like oh cool take my number and i was like all right yeah okay cool and he was like no take my number so you give me a number and i was like oh i've done this where you just give a one wrong number remember your own number but just give one of them yeah. wrong, right um, so I was like, all right, cool. So you give me this number. As we're getting a van to go back to our hotel, I'm like, I'm going to fucking text him. Fuck it. So I text him saying, super, super awesome to meet you today. You've been an inspiration to me for years. You're, the fact you're absolute sweetheart to me has literally made me want to be a better person. Because I was like, Ooh, he's worth 90 million and he's just treating yeah. me like I'm his friend. Um, and he made me want to, and I text him, and he texts me back straight away saying, can't wait to see you come and hang out in London or whatever. And then um, I went to that, and I just missed him. I text him, right, saying, oh, I've just got you. And he's like, I've just left. And I found out he'd been spending the day with Jay-Z. Imagine that combination. Wow. Finally, finally, <laughs> Jason Z, um, Pharrell, <laughs> and, and Sean, Sean everybody's favourite, Sean yeah, Smith. it's the trio um, the world needs. Yeah, yeah and then a couple of, a couple of months later, NERD were playing the London Roundhouse, Camden Roundhouse to 3,000 people in London. The Blackout were practicing in Cardiff, rehearsing in Cardiff. I text Pharrell saying, I have a good gig in London tonight. Sorry, I can't be there. Then I get a phone call off Mick, his personal assistant, who was like, oh, Pharrell wants you to come to the show. So I was like, bro, it's three hours away. He was like, yeah, cool. They don't go until nine. He's like, it's four now, so you can get here by seven or eight. So, and I was like, Next train. I've been summoned. I've been summoned by Pharrell. Yeah. Um, so me no. and the guitarist, dr we drove to London, um, watched the show. It was incredible. Somehow he noticed us. He picked me and Bob out of the crowd. I don't know how. Wow. Um, and I've got a pretty plain face. If anybody Google's me after this, it's, <laughs> I've got like a man's my face, like a man's thigh. Technically, it's just plain. It's just like a pink balloon, a pink long balloon. Um, so Pharrell gives me like a. A salute or whatever and gives us a point and then we go backstage and i'm talking to him and he was like oh what are you guys what are the blackout up to now and i was like oh we're just about to go to texas to record an album 
Um, and he was like, oh, cool, let's do something together. And I literally went, fuck off. I was like, look, you've been nice enough to me as it is, right? You, I shouldn't be allowed to hear you. Like, I shouldn't be you, right? So please, please, please don't toy with my emotions now by saying something that won't happen. And yeah, and I, I love you already. You've done too much. And he, we have a song called, Chil uh, the Blackout had a song called Children of the Night, um, which in the middle of it has got like all this funky percussion because at the time, the producer who did the record, Jason Perry, we, we that's the bit we were going to put Pharrell on. We were going to have Pharrell do a rap verse, right? In the Maybe. middle of our song. So we had all this crazy percussion because we know Pharrell loves crazy percussion. So we chucked all this stuff in and we sent it over to him. Um, and his wife literally had a child the day um, we were hoping he would record. And then, um, yeah, he was just out of action for like a, a week or so and we missed the opportunity then. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, like, it was just like, it's absolutely nuts. And, yeah, it's just looking, look at, looking it back and on it now. Like again, I'm just an idiot from this crap country stuck on the side of England, right? Who has no qualifications? Um, <laughs> so that not that much of down beating your own self. No, <laughs> no, but no, but I've got to live my dream. I've got to perform with literally yeah. my heroes. I've befriended some of my heroes. You know, I could. I could call friend. I could call Fred Durst friend Durst in a way. I suppose. Friend Durst. Um, and yeah, just I've just had interactions with people that. I think I would have died just, and gone to heaven if I was like, man, no kidding. Oh yeah, come to our show tonight. And then after the show, I was like, I'll oh, take my number and come and see us at the Roundhouse. Do you know what I mean? I would have just been like, that's so ridiculous. Well, I was, and like, I just genuinely didn't believe me giving that number. And I was that like, is fucking. Of course, he's given me a wrong number. Of course, he has. But he didn't, and I couldn't get over it. It might be the same. I tell you what, I am texting for a while. I'll, um, you should text him today and be like, "I was just up. telling uh, this podcast about your, this story about the, our love story." And Have a listen. Just, just yeah. miss you, bud. Miss you, bud. <laughs> no, he doesn't even need to listen. You just need to be like, "I was just reminiscing about our time together, and just just want to let you know I miss you." <laughs> but the crazy thing is, like, he probably doesn't even know. Like, yeah. like, he, like to him, that was just like an occurrence yeah. to me it changed it changed my life it changed yeah. my attitude like it changed my attitude towards people and how i acted towards people because there's me thinking i'm cool because i'm in some rock band that does well in the uk and here's pharrell williams like yeah just yeah. owning me with his niceness like that's it's awesome. just that's but that's what something i found is like most of the people in bigger bands tend to be absolutely lovely because they've been through it they know yeah. and stuff and then it was always kind of like support bands or or well, they were dicks, young bands yeah. who, who were the dick who were the right. rock stars who thought they were yeah. rock stars but 100 percent, i have always found that you go and you, you like caleb would be supporting i don't know something crazy it'd be a festival and like, i mean like the mike shinoda is an example and you're like oh he's not even gonna say hi to us like why would he and he's like, let's get a photo. And then, like, my friend Rosie was trying to take the photo and she was barely in it. And he's like, you're not even in your own photo. Like, what are you doing? Like, let's all get in here. And I'm like, this guy is being so nice. Like, yeah. he could just be like, yeah, all right, I'll take a quick photo with you. Like, fuck off. But he's not at all. And then you have bands that play to, like, 50 people who are like, fuck you. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the way. Yeah. People grow out of it, I think. 
Right, that, I can't believe that that story is like Incredible literally. Stories. I'm gonna go and cry into my pillow that I've never had that interaction with Pharrell. Um, <laughs> let's end with you some should. questions. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm looking at the questions. I've got to say then. Um, what's one band you could bring back? If like, if you could bring back one band, what would it be? Is there anyone that you miss terribly that you're like, oh, we need them back in our lives? Um, there's one band I'd like to say, but. Um, the front man ruined it. Yeah, I know um, exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, for the... Should I say them? I don't know. Um, I, well, I feel very weird. Okay, I, for preface, I'm assuming that you're talking about Lost Profits. Yes. Um, yes. And obviously, a man who should not be named as a horrific human who is in jail now, so that's good. But, yep. um yeah, they were groundbreaking for me when they first came out, and I was madly in love with their music, and I saw them a bajillion times. Um, yeah. And I I just thought they were the, the best thing ever. And I and I, um, when I was bringing all my like my CDs over to America, listen to me, CDs, um, <laughs> I was going over them at my parents' house, and I was like, well, you can throw those away. Like, my mom was like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, well, yes, mom, throw them away. <laughs> it hurts yeah, too well, much. <laughs> the crazy thing was, I guess, like, I was kind of closer to them than most. Yeah, I, I bet. Guess. Um, like, they were my he- they were my heroes. They were, yeah. um, they made me see that a band from South Wales could get out of South Wales and be a real band. And you didn't have yeah. to be like an indie band or um, any of that stuff. So, um, yeah, we had um, we had the bassist from Lost Profits um, on my podcast um, for episode fifty three, and it's it's probably the podcast I'm most proud of because he finally got to get their side of the story out. Because yeah. when it um, when it happened, basically Ian was convicted of um, absolutely terrible, horrific uh, things, yeah, sexual crimes, I guess, yeah, um, and. Everybody literally to this day, I see people online still lumping lost profits together as pedophiles, plural, but it's not the case. One of them was one of them was a massive dick. I hope to God he gets run over 2000 million times. Right. Yeah. I hope everything he loves burns in front of him. Right. But the other five of that band literally had everything taken away from him in a blink of an eye. And they I swear on my life. They none of them had a, a, any idea whatsoever what he was doing. I mean, how could um, you? Yeah. Well, this is the thing, but people do see just because he was like, and this is kind of. I've talked to editors of like some of Rock's big magazines in the UK or whatever, and they have openly said that it tarnished my band and so many bands from South Wales as well, just for knowing them. Yeah. Uh, just no, just for knowing him, not them, him. Um, because they were like, oh, well, your friends are in, so you must have known. I was like, well, I'm not on tour with him, but so, yeah. yeah. And then the boys who were on tour with him, they haven't got a clue what happens as soon yeah, as he shuts the door. Yeah, that kind of stuff, no one does that openly, do you know what I mean? No. That's very secretive stuff, yeah. But then, yeah, so that podcast is one of the ones I'm most proud of because they get to tell, he gets to tell his side of the story and people don't realise, like, how much they lost. Like, yeah. you, you've lost your legacy, You've lost. They've had gold, hundreds, you know, loads of gold discs. They sold thousands of records. They headline download in the UK, yeah. right? They played really high up. The you know, nearly headlined Red in and Leeds and stuff. They were this massive band that you wouldn't have bring me the horizon today if it wasn't for Lost Profits. 
absolutely. Um, and they literally changed the scene, they changed fashion, they changed music, and then this dickhead goes and does these insane crimes, and now they've lost everything. Um, and yeah, Stu tells the story of Lost Profits on Warp Tour, and Ian Mr. Show, the singer Mr. Show, when he turned up, the Stu was so angry with him that they got in a fight on the bus, and Stu beat him up with a can of Monster, right? Beat was it Ian the water up. can? Yeah, the tall yeah, water. The cans yeah, of water. <laughs> the taste slightly of Monster, and you're like, how? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they must have just rinsed out the Monster can and then covered, put more water in. But yeah, like beat him up with a can of Monster, and this was for missing one warp to a show, yeah. right? So if you just put that into perspective, right? He beat him up with a can, right, to the point where he had two black eyes and a broken nose, right, for missing a 35-minute set in an American town, which in was probably in the middle somewhere. of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it was the middle of fucking nowhere, probably yeah. on the same time as fucking Paramore, so nobody was going to watch anyway. <laughs> but he beat him up for jeopardizing the band for with one show, right? Yeah. Or everybody else in Lost Profits was a parent at the time that Ian got arrested, right? Yeah. I genuinely believe if they had known, they would have turned him into a pink mist, right? 100%. He would have been gone. He'd have been evaporated. He would have been vaporized. He wiped out completely. So for people to fucking even have the cheek to consider the rest of the other five in the same fucking light as that shithead is... It's it's heartbreaking to me. And it's it's almost become my thing to try and make talking about them um a positive thing again well not a positive thing but not so negative yeah. uh, the other five boys have got lives and careers yeah. and they've gone on to do other things or whatever and genuinely i wouldn't we wouldn't be speaking right now if it wasn't for lost profits yeah. um because they influenced such a massive massive scene well you know like the uk scene was Oh, like yeah, 100 Reasons, Lost Profits, Hell is Feroes, but like all those bands which just always, to me, just trying to be lost, trying to get up to Lost Profits level. Yeah. Um, so for, yeah, to answer your question, it would be Lost Profits minus the um, absolute shithead of a front man. Yeah, absolutely. Can I front them? Uh, yeah, let's get them back together with me fronting them. There you go. Yeah, there we go. go. I'd love that. I'd Put love that. Oh, the universe. That's it. Yeah, yeah fake well, sound yeah, of progress, is, man. Wanna. Yeah, um, yeah. I was going to say, oh yeah, me front one, but I've literally I've sang with them before, so it's <laughs> but, yeah. But, do you yeah, you want to do another just, one for? Yeah, go. I, what do I uh, let's do. <laughs> do you have a dream guest for your podcast? Do you have a yeah, dream? Let's, let's end with that. Yeah, we'll end with on okay. a positive. Who's the yeah. absolute top of the top that you could have? Anything from any like movies, TV, from music, Ooh. whatever. It's a tough one. Um, I think or. Oh, well, I've messaged Fred Durst on Instagram to see if he'd do it, and he's seen the message, and he's Ooh. liked the message, but he won't get back to me about doing it. We he's meant to be out. I'm just going to say he's not got back to us either. Like, we, yeah. we've got a connection, and he's like, yeah, and then it hasn't got any further. <laughs> yeah, I think, right, here's the inside scoop. I think it's because he's sick of people asking when the next Limp Bizkit album's coming. Right. Because <laughs> I, in- I interviewed him for Kerrang! magazine probably 2016 or something like that. And they said, oh, try not to ask him about that. Um, there's that. And he did a film not long ago with John Travolta. I don't know if you know about this film. But, like, the opening day. I'm going to say... I'm going to give it... 
three thousand, maybe three thousand tickets were sold, maybe across the world. I'd never heard of it. It might so. have been three hundred. I know it's three and then some zeros. Yeah, I but it didn't. Thirty. Yeah, it, did, yeah, it might. It might have been three. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it opened to very good numbers. So my my thing is, I think he fears talking about that when literally, right. as I've written in the message, it would be me. Um, just rimming him for an hour. It would just yeah. be me yeah. going, Oh, you are. Oh, I love you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Either Fred or Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Ooh. Oh, future amazing. Pre- pick. Future American president, Dwayne yes. The Rock Johnson. That's a good amazing one. pick. Amazing pick. Yeah. Imagine The Rock. He's such man. a nice man. He's everyone. Yeah, imagine getting so The Rock just. Imagine yeah. if you could in get that connection. He probably would 100% do it because he's so nice he can't say no to anyone. <laughs> You'd hope that. Yeah, I'd hope that. Um, yeah, I just want to hear him shout sapnin because in the beginning we say sapnin, sapnin, sapnin. <laughs> so I just want to have The Rock say sapnin. So um, yeah, I've been lucky enough that we've had a couple of wrestlers on. We've had a couple of comedians on. We've had a couple of people from different different bands. We've had Caleb on. Um yeah, so I'd like to do more comedians, really, I think. Yeah, I, I, do, I would as well. Yeah, comedians make for great interviews, I feel like. Yeah. They've always got great stories. Yeah. hundred percent, really. Um, yeah, and you guys have got the, got the best ones, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to do... We did um, Jim Brewer. I don't know if you know mm, Jim Brewer. I know Jim Brewer, yeah. Yeah, That's cool. uh, we had him at Download Festival come on our podcast. That's awesome. Doing his ACDC impressions. Nice. They were fantastic. <laughs> um, That's great. Oh, Dave Chappelle! That would be. Oh my God, guess. that is the dream. He that's lives on, in our state. Like, yeah, he lives like a couple of hours from us. He was doing tiny shows during the pandemic yeah, with like I was about 50 to say, people. You, yeah, you have to get I out to them because yeah, well, he was I, doing Chappelle and Friends and like yeah. Rogan and Bill yeah, Burr and yeah. stuff like that. were turning up. Um, he the tickets were like. I, I think about it now, and I'm like, I should have just paid it. But at the yeah. time, I was like, that seems like a lot for one ticket. And then I'm like it's just like 50 people and Chappelle why did we not do this Um, my friend Judy who's a photographer she was just doing something in Texas with him Um, but I think he's now got corona so I don't know if any shows Uh, will be happening poor poor Chappelle get well soon I know right Dave (laughs) and you know he listens to this every week so Dave if you're listening get well soon biggest fan biggest fan Dave Chappelle Well, well, thanks for joining fun, us man. today, thanks Sean. Thanks for the great stories. Those I love it when thank people you. just tell us stories like that. I, it's the yeah. best part of doing this. So thank you very, kind, very much. That, that's exactly why I started my podcast is because, you know, I wanted to get some of these stories out and then I want other band stories. Because, like, as much as, as cool as everybody pretends they are in a band, right, at the end of the day, we've all got that little child in us who's like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe I'm doing this. And it's so good to have people on a podcast and we talk to them in massive bands who then go back and they're like, I can't believe I got the play a Black Sabbath song in front of Ozzy and I'm like what the fuck and he's like and it's just yeah so there's yeah thank you for having me thank you very very much it's been really really fun this has been amazing see you soon have a good day bye rock and roll cheers thank you bye bye bye